Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm not going to say that... Um I'm not concerned about raising a child with someone in separate homes. Mm. Like, that has, you know, come across my mind. So, in, like, what regard, like, you would potentially want to get back where? That thought has crossed my mind. To what level degree? Um, like y'all been talking about it? Conversations has arose about what um, parenting together looks like, including um, getting back together. another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry married at first sight edition y'all last week at the end of my recap I got a headache so profound and I really don't get headaches that much so it was you know very impactful for me a headache so profound that I had to lay down with my eyes closed <laughs> and I'm hoping that this doesn't happen this week but I have a feeling that it might Let's start with it. God, what a shit show. Starting off with Clara and Ryan. <clears throat> Ryan says that four days into the marriage, it's like an incredible first date for him. So Ryan asked Clara, you know, what is your favorite high school memory? And of course, Clara was like, girl, I'm the star of the show choir in high school. It was great. I had every solo. I loved my life. You know, Clara was definitely like... The girl who, you know how, like, when the cast after a uh, play, they all go to, like, Steak and Shake or, like, Applebee's or something, and they act like bosses because they just finished, like, their high school production of Pippin? Like, that's Clara. With that being said, I think I like Clara the most. Y'all feel me on that? I think she might be, like, the most like me, and that's why I enjoy her. <laughs> But, yeah, God, y'all, I don't like Ryan. I uh, Who do I really like on this cast? Brianna, Vincent, Clara, and that's it. Yeah, 
didn't include Paige in that. And we'll talk about that now. So, I'll talk about it later, rather. So, Ryan alleges that he was the class clown at his school, but it's like, what school did you go to? How many students were in your class? Was it like a private Christian school that you went to? Was it homeschool? Were you the class clown at your homeschool, Ryan? Because <laughs> I don't believe it. I do not. We have not seen an ounce of this man be fun. The height of his like excitement has been talking about how he has a smoothie and a power bar every morning for breakfast. And it's like, girl... Clara seems to be so into him and so into the fact that, like, they're so alike and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't see it. Footage, not found. Um, Then, you know, Ryan asks, like, what is your dating history? Like, did you date a certain type of guy? And Clara's like, you know, my type is guys that weren't as into me as I was into them. And then in college, I started dating frat guys. And then when I was... Working as a uh, flight attendant, it was just like a whole bunch of different guys. And then I moved on to the apps and it was just one bad first date after the other. And wow, it's like looking in a mirror, a really unfortunate mirror. (laughs) Um, Then Clara says, you know, I fall in love all the time. Like she's very footloose and fancy free with her romance and her love of people and that she's a big L word gal. Ryan says he was always taught that it was like a really unique and special occasion to tell somebody that you love them, which is why he's never done it. Great. Clara says in a confessional, like, this is going to be a great combination. The girl who is always falling in love and the dude who has never once felt that before. (laughs) She even says later, like, he's, it's not like he's been perpetually single. Like, he's been in long-term, years-long relationships, and he's still never said that. And she finds that concerning. And I kind of do, too. Like, how have you been in relationship with year for years with somebody that you can't openly express your love for them? Like... Wow. Wow. No wonder you're getting married at first sight, Ryan. So then we see the men and women pair off or not pair off. They group up, group up separately. So the women go and have drinks and the guys are playing craps. And then it's like, you know, a he said, she said of how everybody's feeling. So I'm going to try to go by each couple, even though I wrote them separately, which was a bad idea on my part. Bad idea, Kara, so bear with me. (laughs) So Clara asks the ladies how they're all feeling. And Brianna says she's really happy and that she has seen parts of Vincent that she feels are a little bit unstructured. And she was telling a story about how, like, she was getting ready that morning and then, you know, she had taken a shower and was getting all primped. And she came out of the shower and Vincent was still on his phone. And she's like, you know, we have stuff to do. Like, can you get off your phone? And I'm like, eh, you know. Is that really, like, something that we really need to talk about unless it's, like, a, you know, like, you're not going anywhere but downstairs, girl. <laughs> like, it, it's okay. Virginia and Eric seem to be, you know, schedules be damned. They will show up when and when, whenever they feel like it. So don't worry about it, sweetheart. Uh, then we go to Vincent says, you know, he tells the guys that he got really lucky. And Jacob is like, okay. Jacob, you guys got the MVP for me this week. Is that bad? Because I feel like people did not respond well to Jacob. But, like, I kind of thought, like, we got more of 
a personality that I don't find to be the equivalent of like a unsalted saltine cracker. So maybe I'm like, you know, the bar is really in hell for Jacob with me. So maybe that's what I'm doing. So Vince is talking about like how happy he is and how lucky he is. And Jacob's like, we all need to realize that it's very early in the game. So then we go to Virginia and no, sorry. Let's, let's start with what Eric says. Eric, my guy. Uh, wow. He is wasted. <laughs> he is so wasted trying to keep up with Virginia. And Eric's like, he keeps holding his hands up, like almost if they were in the shape of like a parentheses, like up by his face. And he's like doing this motion, kind of like a presidential gesturing. And he's like, you know, uh, it's, uh, I'm on cloud nine and it's just been like unreal. And he, it's like, you know, I can't even say it. Like, it's just been like, uh, <laughs> everybody's staring at him. Like you do when somebody's like clearly zooted, tooted and booted. And you're just like, well, I guess we have to be on this journey with you because you can't speak and you really can barely keep your eyes open. But he's happy. He is very happy. Then Virginia is like, you know what? Me and Eric have had some differences because I'm younger and I was a party. I am a party girl and I used to be like, you know, kind of like promiscuous in the past few years. And he's really conservative. I'm not. I have a gay sister. He's like a traditional Republican, basically, and, you know, it's something that we're going to have to work on. And then she tells the girls what he said about men and women being incapable of being friends. <sighs> then we get a flashback of apparently after this conversation that Virginia had with Eric about men and women not being friends at the pool from last week, we see a flashback back this week of her talking to Clara about it and she was crying and she was very upset and like gosh I mean a sober or mostly sober version of Virginia seems to be really uh present and she seems to be really um cognizant of the cracks in the foundation and the potential for problems. And she's not wrong. And it's interesting to me that Eric is the one who seems to be glossing over the situation and how she's like, Oh no, we have really big problems that lie ahead of us. And I just don't know how we're going to get out of it. Um, then we get to back to Eric Chris is like, have you been drinking? Because you seem a little tipsy. <laughs> and let me see. This is the only time I'm going to laugh at Chris because he wasn't wrong. And he keeps slurring. Eric keeps slurring. And Jacob cuts him off and is like, okay, I can't with this kumbaya shit. You're talking about how lovely and amazing your relationship with uh, Virginia is. I can't. Let's talk about the challenges we have because... I, my challenge with Haley is that she has this like wide circle of friends. She's got like 15 to 30, like Ramona, she's got 50 girlfriends and she is always FaceTiming with them. And 
I just feel like there's going to be an expectation for me to join in on that. And like, I kind of have my own friends. Now, Jacob is half right. He should be concerned that Haley is always FaceTiming people. Where he's going is that he's thinking of this as them as partners. When what he really should be getting from that is that she's filling up the space to not have to talk to you. She's building up those walls by being like, oh, here are my friends. I have to talk to these people right now on our honeymoon. I have to FaceTime with them because she's fucking bored of talking with you, bro. Like, it's not about how do I fit these people into my life. It's about her filling the void of how she does not want to be with you with these other people. Like, she's creating a distraction. And it's almost sad that he doesn't see that at this point he does later but at this point it's kind of makes me feel bad for him that he just doesn't see it so back to Clara so Clara says that you know I'm sorry Haley says that this situation has been a lot for her because she's been single for so long she's having a hard time you know, not having alone time, but she says that Jacob has been really respectful of her. So moving on to Clara, she's like, Ryan checks every box. And if I like had to write all the perfect things that I wanted, like if I was going to get a man from a man factory, he would have been exactly what I was looking for. And we have everything in common. And frankly, it's like kind of freaking me out. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting to find that like pile of nail clippings or just something that's weird or wrong about Ryan. And it's like, girl, all you have to do is look at his haircut. Start with that and then work your way down. Okay. Um, Ryan says that Claire is really easy to talk to. And that really the only thing for him is that he's more reserved And Claire says whatever's on her mind. So let's put a pin in that for later. He says, Claire says whatever's on her mind, even if he doesn't necessarily disagree with her. It's like still an issue for him, which is like, Ryan, why? Why is it an issue? And this made me think about the conversation that they had at the dolphin tank where she was, they were talking about religion and how to raise their kids. And I felt Did I say that, like, being, like, a Christian kid comes with a certain amount of, like, guilt? And so when she was saying, you know, I really want my kids to be exposed to everything and I don't want to force one particular religion down their throat, I kind of felt like he really agreed with it more than he was letting on. But he, there was something about that guilt within him that made him not really want to express that he agreed that with that um so (laughs) then we say um so sorry you guys so back to clara she says you know the she tells what i said was that like ryan's been in these multiple year relationships has never said i love you and that that's really kind of concerning for her thank you it should be then everybody starts talking about sex. Of course, Chris is the first one to bring this up. And he's like, um, have you guys been intimate? And it's like, uh, bro, <laughs> why is this the only thing on your mind? You have, you, I, we have seen where your intimacy has gotten you, Christopher. So 
maybe not be so invested unless you're going to like give them condoms because Lord knows you haven't been using them. I'm sure you have plenty. Um, Eric is like, you know, slurring again, like, you know, from the first day, like we could have done it. Like we really could have done it. We could do it any time, but like we haven't and we just haven't done it yet. But like, we're totally on the same page. And it's like, well, is it because you're so drunk that your dick doesn't Anyway, um, what does, okay, so Clara says, you know, we have a physical relationship, me and Ryan, but like, he asked me not to say anything about it. So, you know, we're going to keep that private. Haley is like, we're, uh, good. (laughs) And then in a confessional, she's like, okay, we had it. It happened. We were drunk and that's all I got. Um, Jacob tells the guys, you know, we're good. We're fine. But like, I just, I'm going to let Haley take the lead on talking about that. And I don't understand why guys do that. I mean, I guess it's respectful, but then it's like, why? I I don't know. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I I just never understood that. Like, I'm not going to talk about it, but I'll let her say it. Like, it's like, let's be on the same page or not. Whatever. Um, clearly this was not something that Haley wanted to admit. <laughs> she really gave up the ghost on that one. We'll put a pin in that for later. So, uh, Chris says, you know, I really had to assure Paige that, you know, she comes before my kid and I'm really fully invested on that. And, um, every, all the back to the women, they all turned to Paige and she's like, well, you know what? It's a lot. And I'm sure all of you guys would have been done by day one. And they're like, yes, girl, you are right about that. And she says she's just trying to get through the next couple days. And she's hoping that in the next couple days, there will be a turnaround. This girl has turned over so many new leaves, so many pages. There's the book is over and the leaves have crumbled into a dust. There is no, there are no leaves. There are no pages. The only page is here. And you should be gone. Oh, Lord. So, Eric asked Chris, like, is this whole situation a deal breaker for Paige? And Eric's like, you know what, we're working through it. And Eric says, you know, it seems like Paige is really here for you and you need to, like, man up. And this is where Chris is like defensive immediately and he's like I am manning up and Eric's like I know but you need to man up (laughs) I can understand fully why Chris would be annoyed with Eric I you know I was thinking more about Virginia asking you know is the baby yours and I fully want everybody to know that I understand why Chris might feel some type of way about that beyond the, like from a racial aspect, I could see why he would feel some type of way. Do I think that that was Virginia's intention? 
No, I think she really likes Paige and I think she really doesn't understand why Paige would continue to be with Chris. And I think she just, I just think that she is just like so overwhelmingly confused about why they continue to stay with each other that she's like being petty and it's unnecessary because if you really want to be supportive of Paige then you have to be supportive of her in every way and that means by shutting the fuck up and not challenging where she wants to go like if you want to say something to Paige then say it to her not in front of Chris because we all can know by now that Chris can't handle anything (laughs) nothing in his life can Chris handle so I I don't know do I think that like Eric approaches his uh confrontations or interactions with Chris in a way that I think would border on bigoted or is just outright bigoted yeah I do I don't think he said anything that's like completely problematic but as a black person we get vibes and you know it's like no black person wants to look at a person or an interaction or conversation they have and think that that person is being biased or racist towards them. But you get that sixth sense that your third eye is open and something about the way Eric interacts with Chris, I just don't like, even though I don't like Chris, I also think that like Eric really has too much dip on his chip and he needs to leave that shit alone. I mean, he also needs to be sober I think that would probably help, (laughs) but uh, I just don't feel I'm taking back my like of Eric officially. All right. So getting to Haley and Jacob, they're eating and she's saying like, she feels like she's starting to like him, but it's like, are you girl? (laughs) Jacob asks if Haley thinks that moving in will be a challenge and Haley's like, you know, I'm going to have to adjust to not being able to do whatever I want to do and leave and come and go as I please. And she's talking about how she's definitely not the clingy type. And Jacob's like, honestly, like having a hard time gauging you on the intimacy stuff, because it seems like you're more reserved and I've had to initiate everything. And, you know, I'm kind of starting to question if you're even into me. Haley just stares at him. For like three seconds, which is forever in TV team time, right? And she says, you know, I knew going into this, this would be something that I'd have to work on, but I'm getting there. And then Jacob says to uh, the production that basically they had sex two days ago. And ever since then, Haley stopped really being receptive to him. Now. Let's just put the pieces of the puzzle together. If you finally, if I, not finally, it's been five days, you guys. If I was starting in a a relationship with somebody and then we had sex and then after we have sex, it feels like I've shut down emotionally. What would that tell you, Jacob? (laughs) What did that tell you? (laughs) Would it tell you perhaps that maybe your stroke game is trash? Would it tell you maybe that something about that interaction that you guys had was unpleasant? 
what it may be tell you everything you need to know by Haley not saying anything at all. I'm just putting a thought out there, you guys. Putting it out there. Y'all send it back and let me know what you think. Let's move on to Patty Mountain Page. So they're in bed and they're talking about their future and Paige has a dog named Bentley. And Paige asks Patty, would you be okay? Like, are you, are you going to be okay? Because, you know, a lot of people have pets on the show, but they don't bring them to the house all the time. So she's like, are you going to be okay with having Bentley at the apartment? And he basically is like, I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't really want him chewing up my shoes or anything. But like, if he's going to behave, fine. And she's like, will you take him out? Like, what, what is your co-parenting of this dog going to look like? And he's like, you can take care of the dog and I'll play with him if he's good. And so Paige in a confessional is like, I basically just agreed to being a bonus parent to this child that I didn't know about. And you can't even help me with my dog. Yeah, Paige. I mean, I'm I'm beginning to be really frustrated with Paige because I feel like she's letting go and letting God a little too much for me. <laughs> you know, like we can you say prayed up, girl. Give it up to Jesus, but also trust your instincts because that's. If you're religious, like, that's part of God, too. That Wouldn't your instincts be God telling you something? Because I feel like everything in her is saying, leave his ass, leave Patty Melt on the plate, and go get you something else to eat. But something is telling her that God really wants her to stay in this situation. And from a certain standpoint, I can understand not being able to reconcile, I've just married somebody, am I really supposed to break up with them five days into this? But also, you married a trash person, and you should break up with him five days into it. So then Chris asks what Paige is planning on bringing to the apartment. And she's like, oh, you know, and probably just like clothes and like wedding gifts. And he's like, oh, like if you got any cash or money from the wedding gifts, we should split it 50-50. Boy, how are these your priorities? Paige is like, no, we're married now. And then he starts asking, like, how do you feel about bank accounts? And Paige says, you know, I think we should have one joint account for the things that we're going to share, the bills and house payments, you know, all that stuff. And she's like, but we kind of really need to talk about that because I think I make like a third of what you make. And he goes, actually, it's a quarter. She's like, okay, well, so my little quarter is going to have to contribute to something. But like, you know, if y'all's pay grades are that out of the ordinary I don't think it's or out of if he has like a completely different tax bracket from her and he's making a significant amount of money than her then like yeah I think it makes sense that you guys have a conversation about like how much she should be contributing because she can't she shouldn't have to struggle to put in 50% if it's like nothing for him right so 
when Chris says that he really doesn't believe in joint accounts, my first thought is, well, because it's Chris, um, he probably isn't telling the truth about how much he makes. I have to imagine he probably makes a lot less than what he's telling her. And that's why he doesn't want to open this joint account because then he'll have to actually tell the truth. I feel like Chris probably had one to two really good years and he's been coasting on that for a while. I have to imagine that, I mean, if your broke ass is getting evicted from the subway, (laughs) from the subway franchise, then... I just don't, I think he probably sunk a lot of money into that subway and thought that this was going to be like a generous stream of income for, I, well, the point is, I don't think he makes as much money as he told her. I mean, honestly, like, why would I believe anything that that man had to say at this point, especially when it comes to finances? Like, please, please. So then he says, you know, like, I don't believe in joint account accounts, but like, whatever you need, like, I'll give it to you or whatever. But like, yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Paige says in a confessional, like, okay, I didn't get married to, like, help myself financially, but, like, he's a little bit one-track-minded, and that's concerning. Okay, well, I'm glad you're finally concerned, Paige. (laughs) If it wasn't the fact that he basically said, I'm not attracted to you physically, um, to I have a baby on the way, and finally, if... Third time's the charm, Paige. Thank you for joining us all. Finally, you're concerned about this man and his behavior. Thank God. Thank God for clarity. Moving on to Virginia and Eric. Eric says, you know, we've been doing so well, but when it comes to partying, we're really going to have to slow down. They're in their um, suite at this point, and it, <laughs> they both look worn road hard and put away wet my god i mean her skin is like <sighs> you know that that episode of spongebob where he's like out on land and he's completely dried out like that's what he looks like. <laughs> that's what she looks like he looks like he's seen the inside of that toilet bowl maybe more times than he would like to admit Virginia is, like, really adamant that she is, like, fucking Andrew W.K., like, let's get the party started. When it's time to party, we will always party hard. She is, like, my friends, and I go out. We drink Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every weekend, and Eric's like, okay, well, cute for you. I can't do that because I actually have a career that really doesn't allow me to do that and I'm not going to let drinking PBRs you know on Thirsty Thursday every week get in the way of my career that I'm clearly very passionate about. And Virginia says, you know, we drank a little too much that day and the camera pans over and it looks like like they have a bar in their suite and you can see all the shit they've been drinking all over that counter, two liters of ginger ale, Fireball, Tito's, Tall Boys of Miller Lite. Like, they have been through it. And I just, like, 
can we get cameras up on what exactly happened? Because it seems like this is a point where, like, Eric must have had a come-to-Jesus moment and was like, I, we took things way too far. Way too, like, it looked like a drug den. Like, this looked like the makings of the beginning episode of Intervention. It looked like he had just seen too much. (laughs) And and things got really dark. The energy felt so heavy in this this scene. He looks like he hates his life. Virginia keeps talking about how her friends are. And he's like, I don't want to take you away from your friends. I just can't get on your level. Like, I can't do this. Eric has hit rock bottom. (laughs) And he does not like the person he sees in the mirror. So then Eric's like, you know, you have my full trust right now in terms of, like, you going out and partying. But, you know, once it's over, it's over. Then Virginia tells the cameras, you know, like, I'm a drinker and I'm stubborn and I'm always going to be a drinker and I have a good time. And, you know, if Eric tries to change that, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to respond well to it. And then Virginia's like, you know, I know this is going to be a problem. I know my drinking is going to be a problem. And Eric's like... You need to understand that you're married. You're not single. You're with me. Like, I'm not kidding. So, I don't think anybody on the planet disagrees with Eric. I think I I have an issue with his delivery. Like, him laying down the law like he's her father. And, like, basically giving her an ultimatum. I don't disagree. I don't even disagree with him giving her an ultimatum. But I also feel like... Just the way he's going away about it is not... She's never going to respond well to that. She really needs to, like, let this I'm a party girl and I drink a lot thing go. Like, you're 26. Like, we get it. You're not 22. You have entered into this marriage. And you... Once you enter into a lifetime partnership, like, you should definitely be yourself because... Don't trap yourself in a situation where you're having to fake the funk. But also, like, you really need to think about why drinking is so important to you that you're willing to, that you're, like, not willing to bend on that. Because nobody's really going to support your excessive drinking. You know, that's not, like, something that I'm going to root for. There are a lot of things that you can put your foot down on. Like, with the situation with men and women not being friends, or not being able to be friends, but, like, you, you gotta let this go. Like, drinking should not be that precious to you. And whether you're in a marriage or not, don't let this be the thing that, like, ends any of your relationships. Like, is it really that important to you that you binge drink three nights out of the week every single week? And she keeps making this be about her friends. And Eric is right. Like, I don't care. Your friends are not the issue. Your drinking is the issue. Uh, the fact that she is just, like, so defensive about it really is something that she needs to look in the mirror about. Because it really shouldn't be that serious. You guys can, I mean, it's fine if you want to have a conversation about it. But also be like, you know, like, how, imp- really, how important it to is that? That you drink that much all the time. That's weird, girl. That's like a warning sign. It's not good. 
It is really indefensible. Anyway, moving on to Brianna and Vincent. The cracks are beginning to show with them, y'all. Beginning to show. Vincent tells the cameras he's realizing that Brianna is pretty bossy and is really more bossy than what he's used to. And he says, maybe, I think maybe she needs to learn to be a little bit more patient with me. Now, we have not seen her be, like, disrespectful, but I'm not going to take that away from him. If he feels like... Vincent is kind of like me. Like, he is sort of... He needs to have time to take things in. And when somebody is critical of you, whether it's well-intentioned or not, it's like, you have to give them space. You have to give them space to, like, be that. You can't keep going. (laughs) You have to give them time, right? And so they get in the bed and... Uh, Brianna's like, truthfully, like, tell me the truth. Have I annoyed you yet? And he is like, not going down that path. Not doing it. <laughs> and I, I really respected him for that because we find out later that he spoke to her off camera. And I thought that was like really respectful of him. Um, so then she says, well, you're not going to answer. I guess I'll go in. I feel like you kind of ignore me a little bit sometimes. And Vincent's like, I've just had a lot of my, on my mind and I kind of just need time to process. Now granted, like he's just coming off of his grandma being into the hospital and just getting married to a stranger. Like there are things going on in his life that are beyond this, whatever it is like him being on the phone when he should have been getting ready according to you like who who was he on the phone with you know maybe he was on the phone with a family member trying to check in on his grandma like who's to say so then she says can I tell you something you did kind of annoy me a little bit today (laughs) but then she doesn't really we never find out what it is that he did so the next day they go to like an indoor skydiving place which like oh I really want to do that you guys I really do. Vincent tells production that after they left, after the cameras and everything left that last night, they had a conversation and he told her that basically he didn't really like how assertive she is and how he's starting to perceive her assertion and her bossiness as a little bit disrespectful to him, but he's hoping that the indoor skydiving helps them like kind of clear the air and it's a stress reliever for both of them. They have a great time and they're both talking about like how it's good to do fun things and to like let things go and to just like be in the moment. And, uh, Brianna says the same and she's like, you know, my ex-boyfriend, we would never do things like this. And he would kind of make me feel bad about stuff. So I'm happy that I'm able to really be myself with Vincent. So they sit down and, Brianna says, you know, like, I'm trying to figure it out and trying to figure you out and that it kind of upset her a little bit that he had that conversation with her because Vincent took the things that she was saying as being rude and in turn, it made her feel bad because she doesn't want to come off like that, especially with her husband. And so Vincent's like, I just... 
didn't know another way to communicate with you how I felt. And Brianna's like, that's actually fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that. You know, it's just like a bruised ego of realizing that you hurt somebody that you weren't meaning to hurt. And so she's like, you know, I, I'm really grateful, actually, that we're able to communicate and we're, we should be each other's safe space. And I don't want you to hold everything inside because that only builds resentment. And I don't want you to feel like you can't communicate with me. Like, it hurt my feelings, but I accept it. And I thought that was very healthy. Like, we're going to have to say things. And I think you can always say something in a way that is kind it doesn't mean that the person's not going to be hurt by it because that's just the way it goes but like you can also say things that aren't just rude patty melt hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Right? So anyway... Chris and Paige, Eric and Virginia, and Ryan and Clara go on an ATV. So what we're, who we're missing here? Um, Haley and Jacob and Vincent and Brianna. So the three couples go on an ATV ride and Clara says, my main concern right now is Paige because she really is not seeming like herself. We have not really heard Paige talk. It looks like, Paige looks like, you know how, like, sometimes you put, like, a costume or an outfit on an animal and it just looks like they're just staring down and, like, all of the life has been taken from them? Like, they just don't know what to do and they don't move and it's like they've completely powered down. That is what Paige looks like. She looks like a cat who's been, 
somebody put a sweater on her and she just doesn't like it. <laughs> so, but she doesn't know what to do. So then we see, oh God, then we see Clara and Virginia and Chris have a conversation. We already know how this is going to go, right? So Virginia and Clara ask Chris, like, how is Paige doing? And he's like, you know, she's fine. We've gone through some struggles. And Clara's like, yeah, right. You're lucky that you've got such a strong woman because the rest of us girls would have been out. (laughs) And Virginia says, you know, we just want Paige to know that we have her back. And Clara's like, yeah, we're just like concerned because she seems a little shut down. Now, of course, we know because of last week that Chris, some for whatever reason, feels like these people are supposed to be supportive of both of them, even though Paige is the complete victim to all of your shenanigans. So we know that this is going to go left because they're basically telling him we're supportive of Paige and not you. Right? So then Chris says, you know, like, it's just hard because I don't feel like everybody is supporting me and I don't feel like everybody's support has been genuine. And then he turns to Virginia and says, I don't really appreciate you or Eric's fake concern. (laughs) And Virginia's like, I can promise you that my concern is not fake, but my concern is with Paige, not with you. And Chris says, well, he keeps saying, like, I don't owe anybody an explanation. And I don't think people need or are asking for an explanation from him. I don't think anybody cares about you, Chris. I don't don't, The way he's, like, uh, interpreting the situation is very weird. Like, I don't know. I don't understand why he expects everyone to support him. And I wonder if people know that he told Paige that he was not physically attracted to her and slept with her anyway. I wonder if they know that because if they know that, then like that's even more of a reason why you should not be expecting people to support you. But at the end of the day, it's like you put her in this situation. She's struggling. So why you expect support is like a complete fallacy that your ego is feeding you. And your ego needs to be starved. Your ego could take a diet, really. So Clara is like, do you have a plan for what you and Paige are going to do? And he's like, yeah, but it's between me. And I kind of agree, like, he doesn't have to explain to you what he's going to, what they're going to do. He doesn't. Right? So then Virginia says, you know, if you were my husband and I found out you were having a kid and you weren't going above and beyond to fix the situation. And then Chris cuts her off and says, you don't know if I'm going above and beyond. And Virginia's like, well, I had a conversation with Paige and it doesn't seem like you are from our conversation that we had, which shut his ass right up. Because <laughs> what are you going to say? Like, basically, Paige agrees with me. It's not just me. So then Patty says, you know, going above and beyond was me telling her (laughs) about the kid. And Virginia's like, that's above and beyond to you? And now it's like a tennis match. Like, I'm on 
not, I'm never on his side, but it's like, I get his point and then I get hers and then I get his and then I get hers. And then she's kind of Serena Williams in here, him here, but like, I, he definitely like, doesn't need to be explaining to the group what their plans are, but it's all like, if you're really saying that like your version of going above and beyond for your wife is telling her the truth, then like the bar is in hell. His uh, explanation uh, for going above and beyond is that it's embarrassing. And so, yeah, like, him telling an embarrassing truth was him going above and beyond. Bullshit. 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 Like, what I would be like, okay, well, if you didn't tell her, what would have that, what would that have been? What would you call that? He's sick. So at this point, Eric comes up and it's like, oh, here go hell come. Because we already know that Chris does not fuck with Eric. And Chris says, you know, it was ridiculous for you to ask me, Virginia, if the baby was mine when we told you. Virginia then calls Chris arrogant and he says, well, you're a drunkie. So if you show th- throw shots at me, I'm going to throw them back. Virginia's like, yeah, I don't deny that I drink. And then in a confessional, Clara says, you know, Virginia's a lot more outspoken than me, even though I feel the same way. But what she's doing is poking and prodding a very angry man. And so I've said what I had to say, but like, that's it, girl. And like, you know, you can be open, but... Clearly, he was not giving you the space to have this, like, in-depth conversation because he doesn't fuck with you like that. So Clara did the smart thing by being like, yeah, I, you know, (laughs) I tried. I saw where this is going, which was nowhere. And so I shut my ass up. So Eric decides to do this, like, I'm concerned, like, I'm a friend, like... (sighs) It's almost like he's trying to do the, like, do physical touch to, like, and this is what I don't like. This is the stuff that's, like, underhanded and whatever. It It's, like, black man, I'm going to put a hand on you to make you calm down. And I feel like he was being, Chris was being petty, but, like, he felt like he was just giving her what she was giving him. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, so Eric's like, you know, he puts his hand on his shoulder, on Chris's shoulder, and is like, you know, I'm concerned. And Chris is like, well, I'm concerned that you guys are walking around the casino drunk. So are we done? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't not funny. I will say that. So they walk away. Everybody walks away except for Chris. Chris, They leave Chris by the ATVs. Eric and Virginia and Clara walk away. And they walk away over to where Paige is sitting alone on a cliff on a white plastic chair. (laughs) Where they got this chair from, I have no idea. And why there's only one chair and she's the one sitting in it is beyond me. But okay. So Clara starts crying. (laughs) And she's like, you know, it just hurts. For me to see you, Paige, her, and Virginia's like, I just want you to know that we're here and we support you. At this point, Chris walks up and he says that they're being disrespectful. And 
he tells like Eric, like, stay out of it, basically. So in a confessional, he says that they're not the guys, meaning Virginia and Clara are not the guys. So he is not, um, he doesn't have to speak to them (laughs) and that they've been disrespectful all week. So he's just going to make their life a living hell on the way back to the hotel. So they all drop off the, they leave the ATVs where they are and then they all get in like a van to go back to the hotel. And Chris's version of uh, making life a living hell on the bus is just saying that repeatedly to Virginia is like, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about you. Paige is in like the very last row. Chris is in the row ahead of her. And then Virginia and Eric are in the front row. So Paige from the back row is like putting her hand on Chris's chest and being like, try to calm down. And she's like telling everybody like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like, let's just leave it. And Eric's doing this thing. Like he's trying to calm down or whatever. It's just like really sad that this woman who has barely spoken all episode cat with a sweater on is now having to sit in the back row and try to stop her husband from fighting because he's mad that people don't support him. (laughs) She should not have to do that. She did not have to do that. So everybody meets up for the final dinner before they head back to Atlanta. Paige, looking beautiful in that yellow dress, gorgeous, gorgeous. She addresses the table and is like, you know, I appreciated everybody being open and honest and very supportive. And I would like to acknowledge that, you know, we were all selected for a reason and that I see a lot of admirable qualities in everyone. And I appreciate you guys. (laughs) And then she tells the cameras like, I'm hopeful that there will be some kind of resolve because I don't want to think I assume I don't want everybody to think that when we show up, meaning me and Chris, that I don't want everybody thinking that when we show up to an event, that there's going to be drama because that's not what we are trying to convey. And I can guarantee you, Paige, that nobody is including you in this except for you (laughs) and maybe Chris. And it's really pains me to see her include herself in all of Chris's bullshit and it's even worse knowing that she's doing that because they're married and she now views them as one as partners it's sad to me it seems like an indication of low self-esteem that you would like go down with this ship the SS patty melt and include yourself in his bad behavior He is a very lucky man. (laughs) Very lucky. Because let me tell you right now, could not, would not, will never be me. If you're fucking up, you're on your own, boy. And I'm on the life raft trying to get out of here. Toot toot. Okay? Fortunately, there is an ounce of uh, clarity on her end where she says, you know, unfortunately in this situation, the perception is the reality. I again, I hate that she's putting herself in here, but she's right that like 
it's not like Chris is being misunderstood. He is being understood. And people have every right to not fuck with him. So then Chris addresses the table and he's like, you know what? I was really frustrated earlier and I can't control what people say to me, but I can control my actions. But the wound of this whole situation is really fresh that it's a touchy subject for me. And that's why I got really defensive. Okay, great. Great. Then he talks about... (laughs) Then Chris talks about how he called his grandmother (laughs) to have her pray for him because of the situation. And grandma said, you have a wife now. She's the one that should be praying for you. (laughs) Oh my God. And so apparently... That's exactly what Paige did. She put hands on him. Apparently it was very calming and it uh, cracked open a door for them to, for him to be able to see that she has the power to calm him down. Okay. (laughs) Then Chris fortunately publicly apologizes to everybody for the hell that he put, he's been putting Paige through and he's like, I appreciate that she's been a woman of God. Because I haven't been a man of God. And frankly, I've been emotionally distant from Paige. As long as you know, girl. Jacob Jacob says in an interview, honestly, I've never really been able to read Chris. Like, I don't know what's going on. But ultimately, like, I'm hungry. So I'm just going to give Chris the benefit of the doubt. Because really, I just don't give a shit. (laughs) And then he starts laughing. And that's where the moment I'm like, okay, Chris, Chris is me. Like, I'm not in it. My name's Bennett and I'm not in it. And what I do want in me is steak and eggs. So are we going to get that? Like, I will be happy to forgive you if I can just have a meal. Unfortunately, that meal doesn't happen because then what happens next is that Chris starts to apologize to Ryan and Clara. Really more uh, apologizing to Clara, but also apologizing to Ryan because that's her husband. Like, basically, like, I'm sorry for talking to your wife crazy. And he's like, you know, the situation with you guys is that I kind of feel like we don't really have a relationship. So when Clara said something earlier, like, I felt like she was being intrusive. And I apologize for being disrespectful. And you guys deserve better than what happened. Clara says she appreciates it because she feels like nobody handled the situation well. And she apologized for her role in it. Very mature. Chris promises that he's not an asshole. That remains to be seen. And he says, you know, I'm here for all you guys and whatever it is that you need. Virginia and Eric again show up late. And to the surprise of no one, Virginia sits down, is completely being petty, and is like... Oh, you know, like, I've had a really long day and I need a shot. So, Paige, do you want one? A total throwback from when her husband, Chris, called her a lush, basically, and was like, okay, I'm going to poke this bear and be petty as hell. And Paige is like, no, I'm good. So Eric speaks up. And he says to Chris, you know, obviously stuff went down today, but I have to let you know that, like, we need to establish some boundaries because I can't allow you to talk to Virginia like that again. So from now on, if you have something to say to her, like, you need to go 
it needs to be handled through me, basically. And everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Time out. Time out. <laughs> like, Ryan handles the situation. He's like, okay, I think we just need to pause right now. And Eric, you need to know that before you guys got here, since you guys were perpetually late, that Chris was actually really apologetic towards everybody. So, like, I don't want you guys taking the situation left when I think ultimately you and Eric, Chris and Eric are both on the same page and agree that what happened earlier should not have happened where you guys are coming from different paths, but you, you agree that it shouldn't have happened. So like, let's not start on 10 when this situation has literally just been deescalated. So, Chris is like, no, I'm actually ready to be petty again. He's like, no, I think we should get back to what Eric said. So let's finish that. Virginia's like, you know, I've never been talked to that, talked like that before in my life. And Eric was like, you know, Chris, you were borderline scaring people. And like, I didn't know if you were going to (laughs) snap. No, he wasn't going to snap. Like, I have, like, never have we seen Chris get, like, aggressive in a sense that, like, he was physically intimidating. When they were at the ATV thing, he, they were sitting at one part at the front of the ATVs, Clara and Virginia, and he was standing at the back. He was a good several feet away from Virginia. It's not like he got in her face. Like, maybe he slightly turned to be facing her, but it's not like he ever got physically intimidating with her. We don't have to talk about, like, him snapping. There, there's never, like... Come on. Frankly, the man is a pussy. (laughs) And, like, do you really think he was going to put hands on a white woman on camera? Come on. Come on. So, then Chris says, you know, I stated to you guys two days ago to please respect mine and Paige's privacy, but there were jokes made in front of the whole group that were inappropriate from your wife. And to be honest, today I was fed up and I was tired of the bullshit. Do I think that Chris was respectful towards Virginia? No. Do I think he was going to ever be at a point where he was going to go postal on her? No. No. And I can understand his frustration at being like, I just apologize. Ryan just told you I apologized. But you want to keep coming at me? Like, I mean, he's not a strong man. Like, let's... The man two weeks ago said he had a, a a huge chest and then he opened his shirt to reveal that he has a chest of like a 19 year old who played, you know, tennis <laughs> three years ago in high school. So uh, let's calm down here. So Eric cuts him off and is like, you're out of line. Virginia tries to get up and leave. Chris gets up and is like, whatever you want to do, bro. And No, I just said all the stuff about how Chris wasn't physically intimidating. And I still don't think he is. But I think he felt like Eric started it. And Eric kept pushing him. And Eric cut him off. And I think he interpreted what Eric was doing as, like, fighting words. And so he was like, whatever you want to do. I will take off this horribly colored rust plaid dinner jacket. And we can go. (laughs) Vincent! (laughs) Vincent completely overreacts. Like, all Chris did is stand up. (laughs) He didn't even move his chair back. Chris fucking tackled him. (laughs) He was, like, 
running, jogging to get Chris away from the table. And it's like, you're doing a little too much right now, Vincent. Like, it wasn't, he wasn't giving that, okay? Um, so Vincent ends up taking Chris outside. Eric and Virginia leave. Ryan and Haley get up from the table. And then all that's left is Clara on one side with her little braids. And Jacob sitting there with a single piece of bread on a plate with his hand, head on his chin, smiling, like tapping his leg. Like I'm just hungry. Can we order? <laughs> so, you know, he doesn't eat carbs. That poor thing. He's like, I'm, I'm y'all aren't going to leave me with this bread. So then, uh, Clara says in an interview that basically, Virginia didn't do herself any favors by immediately sitting down at the table and asking Paige if she wanted a shot. And she was hoping that Virginia and Eric and Chris and Paige would have been civil, if only for the sake of the rest of the group. But we're past that point at this point. So in an interview, Virginia says, you know, if my brothers or my dad had been there with Chris talking to me like that, things have really would have been game over. <laughs> And that any other man would have handled this situation really poorly, but Eric handled it well, and now Chris knows not to talk to her like that. Vincent, you know, the relations between men and women and, like, how we communicate and how you argue and who needs to be directing, like, do you need to talk to, like, if the hus if a husband and a wife fight, then, like, the husband then has to address the other husband and the wife has to, you know, it's like, you know... To me, I, I've never understood that. Like, this happens a lot on Housewives. If, like, one husband says something, then the housewife addresses the other housewife about it, and she wants the husband to apologize, but they have to... You have to go through all these separate channels, and maybe that's just because, like, I tend to... Well, first of all, I don't have fights with my friends or their husbands. Secondly, or their wives. Secondly, like, I feel like we all are pretty into people being equal. So I would think, I mean, this hasn't happened, but I have to imagine, like, if I got into it with, let me say, like, if I got into it with a couple and I was originally friends with the, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I can understand, okay, let me, let me set up the situation. If I got into it, let's say I'm married. I got into a fight with another person's husband and they, but I was originally friends with the husband, right? And the wife came later. I would not then address the wife who I was not friends with about what happened like, I would just address the husband. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that we have to do all this, like, chess piece of who communicates and, like, when it's okay for men and women to communicate with a fight and when it's okay. Like, I, it's just never really made sense to me. I really don't get it. So, like, yeah, okay, it's nice that Eric felt like he needed to talk to Chris because he has actually was physically there for the situation, but, like... To be like, you don't talk to my wife and any communication that you have to have through my with my wife goes through me first. It's like, I'm, I'm not doing that. Okay. If I have something to say to her, 
then I will say it to her. And we can fix it or unfix it between each other. And at some point, maybe we can have a conversation if we have to. But, like, I just, I don't want to play that game. (laughs) And if that's a situation, like, uh, it really just sounds exhausting. It really sounds exhausting. Um, so Vincent and Chris are talking, they're downstairs at this point, and Vincent is like, he gives Chris credit for trying to rectify the situation, and he says, you know, I feel like Eric is the one who kind of messed it up. Paige and Brianna are walking outside, Paige is very upset, and she's like, this is too much, and Brianna said, you know, Eric and Virginia, like, if they had seen Chris's apology... I really think that things would have gone differently, but it didn't. And Brianna's like, you know, I thought everybody was respecting Paige and Chris's right to privacy, but Eric was the one who messed it up. So basically everybody thinks, except for Eric and Virginia, that Eric is the one who fucked the situation up. And I agree. Like, once Ryan said that we're fine, let it go. Once Ryan said that he apologized, like, let it go. Because I think, like, if Eric could just shut up, then Chris probably would have said, I'm going to apologize. Or if Eric had, like, never said anything to begin with, I think he would have said the same thing that he said to Ryan and Clara, which is, we, I did not handle that correctly, and I'm sorry. I really believe that. But Eric just did too much. And I think... Well, you just heard what I think. (laughs) So, moving on. Um, You know, Paige says, you know, I spoke to Chris before dinner. And I told him that he was wrong for speaking to the women the way he did. And Chris said, you know, he wished he had handled the situation differently. And she thought it was, like, bold and honest and raw that he admitted that he was not being a man of God in front of everybody. She loved it. So then... (laughs) she says you know like Chris says that he lost all respect for Eric and that Eric tried to establish boundaries but like in trying to establish his own boundaries he ended up crossing Chris's boundaries and now he's upset because he's hoping that Paige doesn't feel like Chris did something wrong and that it's going to potentially mess up his marriage And fair, like, you don't really need anything outside of all of the fuck shit that you're doing to affect the very tenuous relationship that you have with this woman. So after that whole melee, Claire and Ryan go to bed and Clara says, you know, I was really uncomfortable with what happened. And even though, like, I understand that Eric was trying to stand up for his wife, I didn't sign up to be dealing with other people's business. I signed up to be married and to deal with my husband and our relationship. And I'm really over people acting like children. So then Ryan asked her, like, how she's feeling. She's like, you know, I'm just grateful that you're normal. (laughs) And I'm thrilled that at least for the time being, like, we're drama free. Ryan, what is Ryan doing? He says, you know, this this whole situation just reinforced that, like, I can't control people's outcome and I really tend to be stressed out when people don't behave in a way that I think is right. And, but like, if people don't, I've realized like, if people don't want my help, then I'll keep moving. She's like, okay. And then he says, which really felt like a direct 
like he was directing her and her behavior. He says, you know, I never want you to think that you can't speak your mind, but like, this is what he says. And I quote, you've got to be able to control what's coming out of your mouth. (laughs) And the music on the show was like, like, like the price is right. Losing horn. Like, (laughs) and you could just tell Clara's like, now why am I in it? See how I get thrown into stuff? I didn't even do nothing. Like, what? <laughs> how did this situation, which she basically did not say anything and handled it very maturely, how did this turn into you, me, having to control what comes out of my mouth? Clara was the most mature of pretty much everybody who actually spoke up and was in the situation. So what is he talking about? Well, Clara says, you know, I feel like Ryan's a little bit controlling and that he wants me to keep my mouth shut and be basically the best representative myself. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. And I don't know how you should feel about that either, Clara. Like, it really didn't need to go and turn into, like, him chastising her when it was almost like he was warning her. And I, that rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. So, speaking of rubbing people the wrong way, we go to Jacob and Haley's room and Jacob asks Haley how she's feeling. She's like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, Jacob's like, I'll tell you how I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little bit frustrated because it feels like you're basically not giving me anything to work with. And I don't know how to respond to you at this point. And you told me that you needed to have time and you needed time. And I really wasn't sure how to react to that. And so Haley says, you know, when I said I need time, it means I need time. (laughs) So in an interview, Jacob says, Everything was great until a couple days ago when you fucked her and the, she started pulling back. It's like, so I gave you space cause I felt like you were pulling back. But then earlier she told him that something was missing, but she couldn't say what that missing thing was. So he was like, I just don't know how to approach things because now it's awkward. Like you're giving me these generalities and like, I, I just don't know what to do with the very little information that you're giving me. So Jacob says, you know, it feels like your guard's up and I don't know what to do with that. And I just, at this point, I don't really feel like you're being very receptive. Like not only to me, but to our relationship. So Haley says she feels like they're fast tracking it. <laughs> and, you know, just because we're married, like you're acting like we've been married a year already. And he's like, no. But Pastor Cal told me to not approach the situation like it's a first date because that's how you end up divorced. And so I'm leaning into it and I'm approaching our marriage like a marriage, Haley. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> so Haley then is like, she's letting it all out. Mention it all. She says, you know, I feel like our conversations have hit a wall and I feel like you expect me to show affection towards you, but we're not getting to a deeper level and we're not progressing. And there's something about this situation that's not clicking for me. So Jacob says, well, I thought we were progressing the first three days and then something changed. And Haley was like, well, the thing that changes that like I was being a good sport and I felt like, okay, I did this. So let me be all in. And then it got to be too much. And Jacob tells her, like, from his perspective, what's missing, the piece that is missing is you, Haley. And he honestly doesn't see the path that they're taking now as a path to success. So Haley says in an interview, like, I've been independent for so long and this is way too much for me. And like you wanted someone to come in and instantly be like, oh, this is a marriage. We're in this forever. Haley, did you, did you know the title of the show that you signed up for? Like it's called Married at First Sight if you are not aware. And I understand that like th there has to be a balance, right? Like, of course, take it slow. You guys don't have to like toot toot on the love train. But you also married him, so you have to give him something. I don't know. I felt like people didn't like that Jacob said that, but I kind of feel like she's acting like he is totally ridiculous for wanting to be married to the person that he's married to, and she doesn't get it. Like, it, <laughs> you married him, like... Yeah, of course he's going to think that this is going to be a forever thing that you should work on because that's usually what happens. That I mean, isn't that like the main part of getting married? That it's hopefully forever and that it's something that you should work on? Like, why did you get married then? Maybe you should have just signed up for Tinder. Right? Like, what what do you mean, girl? <laughs> it just like she felt like it, Y'all feel me, right? Like, her thinking it was ridiculous that they should be a married couple. Uh, girl, you're you're married. I, I didn't understand it. And maybe if you guys want to explain to me why this made Jacob the bad guy, like, I'm fully open to hearing that. But, like, I, I wasn't, like, as soon as she said, like, he's expecting me to act married. Can you believe it? <laughs> He, he thinks that we're in a relationship. What? <laughs> okay, girl. Like, I, 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 I mean, clearly, like, she's trying to be nice to him and, like, white knuckle her way through this. Like, it is obvious that she, this dude is not her type. 
and that she was like being a good sport for a few days and then not but like don't say I can't I don't understand why he thinks that we should be married you should say like I you're really just not my vibe dude you're not my type and I know that that's not an easy thing to say but acting confused as to why this person that you married wants to act married is like doesn't get you anywhere anyway Eric and Virginia wake up the next day. Virginia says that she was shaking. And you can tell that, like, Virginia clearly feels badly. Maybe not because she cares about Chris, but because she cares about Paige. But Eric is, like, feels nothing. He feels absolutely nothing. He says, you know, every time I go to Vegas, something happens. And I'm happy. I'm happy that we're going home. So Virginia says, you know, like they sit down for breakfast and she says, I hate that somebody's mad at me. And Erica's like, well, I basically think what happened, what's happening here is that like we're being used as scapegoats. Like Chris is going through it. He found us as a target and he's using that to release his anger on. Virginia says, you know, I'm upset about Paige, not about Chris. And and then Eric says something like, you could be friends with page like I don't have a problem with that but like I'm not dealing with Chris like ever and then she says another truth bomb dropped she says this in an interview like basically she thinks that because of all this drama with Chris and Paige it's they're talking about everything except for what they should be talking about in their relationship which is their issues And she's worried that there is going to be a breaking point. And I agree, girl. I fully agree. Later, we see Haley and Jacob packing. And this was like, ooh, (laughs) I need to hear more about this situation. So they're packing up to get ready to go. And Eric says in like a talking head that the night before, Haley told him that she was going to have a girl's night with the rest of the wives. And so he was like, cool. So then he goes downstairs and it's all of the couples and Haley. And that they got wind of him. They saw him and that they bolted. All of them. <laughs> what did she tell him? What did she tell the group? Why did they all bolt when they saw him? What was she? Th- oh, that's harsh, dude everybody bolted when they saw you like it's one thing like it is enough of a bomb that she lied to you intentionally it's another to be like damn everybody's parting with me and that they think they all feel this way about me that they all ran it's not like they were in a crowded hotel and that like he could have lost sight of them like It appears like they're one of very few people that are in the hotel at this point. Like, how are they bolting in an empty room? Nobody's even there. There, There's no even way that you can say like, oh, it was so crazy. We didn't see you, Chris. Or what what is his name? Jacob. (laughs) They can't even fake it. That's like, I'm blushing for him. That is really sad. Really sad. So they're like, he says this is like in a talking head. So this is not a conversation that they have. They're not speaking to each other the whole time that they're packing. And 
Jacob's like, she intentionally lied to me, and now every benefit of doubt that I gave her is out the door, and if we want to work on this, we're going to have to play by a different playbook, because how Haley's playing this situation, we're doomed for failure. Damn, that's like a real ego blow. Ooh! Speaking of ego blows... <sighs> <laughs> Chris took that torch from Haley and just fucking ran with it. Flojo style. So Chris and Paige are getting ready to leave. And Paige is saying, you know, like, I'm ready to go home. But I just kind of have lingering thoughts about where Chris's head out is at. So they're packing. And she says to Chris, like, you know, we haven't really talked about things. And, and I was kind of, like, waiting for you to be open about where your head's at and... Then she asks, like, where do you see this relationship with your ex going, your future baby mama, since I'm your wife, so what's happening with her? Chris says, you know, I've just been trying to figure it out day by day. Now, make me make sense of this. So he says, I've been trying to figure it out day by day because up until last week, we both had each other blocked. Me and the baby mama had each other blocked. So you're telling me that you had this chick blocked and she had you blocked conveniently up until the days before you got married. How would you know that, Chris? So you were talking, you're basically saying you started communicating with her days before you got married, right? Because at this point... They've been together five, maybe six days. I have questions. I have a lot of questions about that. And I feel like he just told on himself. How did they mutually decide to unblock each other just moments before he got married? Does that make sense to y'all? Because it doesn't make any kind of sense to me. Then he says... You know, I'm kind of concerned about raising a child in separate homes. <laughs> and Paige looks up and is like, so are you thinking about getting back together with her? And he says, you know, that thought has crossed my mind. And then Paige is like, have you guys been talking about it? And Chris says, you know, the conversation has come up about what parenting is going to look like for us, including get back, getting back together, because I still love her. But loving somebody doesn't mean that you should be with them. So I'm not sure. Ugh. Ugh. Then he says, I really don't want another man raising my kid. So Paige gets up and is like, I hear you, but I, given what you just said, I don't know where the fuck that leaves us. And so Paige says in an interview, like, it feels like he just spit in my face, especially when he just said the other day that nobody is going to come between me and our marriage. Not the baby, not the baby mama, not his own mama, not her mama, not little mama, not big mama's house. You sat there and made all these, uh like pronouncements about how she was the queen of your life 
And basically, you just told her that you've been having these back, behind her back conversations about the possibility of getting married or getting back together with the woman you knocked up. What? What? <laughs> She's like, I can't be with somebody that would tell the mother of their child that they want to be with them. You're literally dragging an innocent person, me, with you, and I'm done. So she leaves. She comes back with her little Starbucks, sits down on the uh, bed where he's sitting, and she's like, you know, I'm a little bit frustrated that we're not on the same page, and we need to have clarity about what's going on. How is it that you can tell your wife that you took vows with that you're having a conversation about getting back together with somebody. <laughs> These are sentences and questions that shouldn't even be asked and shouldn't have to be said. Like he, Oh, I, I like, ugh. I would have busted a window at this point. I would have busted a window. So <laughs> then Chris says, you know, I didn't say we were getting back together. I just said we had discussions about what that would look like. You just told your wife that you still loved your ex, that you've had conversations about getting back together, that you don't want your child to be raised by another man, and that you don't really like the idea of, of having separate households, raising two, raising a child in two separate homes. I can't. I cannot leave with this man. I cannot... So Paige is like, so why haven't we spoken about all this? Can you believe this? Y you can. At this point, nothing Chris says is unbelievable. It should be, but it's not. So she says, why haven't we spoken about all of this conversation that you've had with your baby mama? And he says, well, you don't ask me anything about it. And so you can't make it seem like I'm withholding information. Bitch. Corvette, Corvette. I cannot hop in the motherfucking jet like that, Paige. What? I, there's nothing worse for a man to say, like, to admit all this bullshit and then when called to the carpet about why you didn't communicate this earlier, oh, well, because you didn't ask me. But it's not like I'm withholding information because I just told you. That is vital information that you should have been saying. Like, you, what? Was she really, did you really expect her to say, um, hey, by the way, um, do you want French toast for breakfast? Should I order that from room service? And also, um... Were, are you, is there any chance in hell that you've been considering getting back together with your baby mama? Like, that would be information that you share, you idiot. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. He's like, I'm not withholding information. You know, these those conversations were had. Like, literally, if I leave this relationship right now, I would go back and be with my ex today. And that's the thing about being a man. I think, okay. <laughs> what? 
I, I'm just gonna let that go. I'm gonna let that go. Because if I don't, like, I'm, I'm getting another headache. I, like, literally. <sighs> okay, so... <sighs> then he says, you know, you say that things are rough, Paige, but I gave you vows before God. <laughs> Leave God out of it. Paige says, you know, the same way that you have vows, I have vows as well. And the same way I've been present... And invested in seeing what, like, I'm invested in seeing what the experts saw in us. And I have feelings for you because if I didn't, I would have been on the first flight back after you told me this. Like, I want to be clear. I am your wife and there need to be changes in the momentum of our relationship. So Chris says, you know, he wants to work through stuff and she's like, why? (laughs) And then Chris says, it's. It's like a decision. Marriage is is a decision. I don't have to say, you don't have to say, but I will say yesterday, I really started seeing you in a different light and I became spiritually attracted to you. And I feel like I'm attracted to you now and I can see us going beyond these next seven weeks. Why did she start smiling as if this was a a ray of sunshine of hope in their relationship. See, this is where Paige has got me fucked up because Patty Mel keeps ripping off his crust and giving her these breadcrumbs of like, Oh, Paige, I know I just said the worst fuck shit, dysfunctional shit that you could have ever possibly heard in your life. It like, as soon as you think that the well can't get more shallow for the things that I say to you that I think is appropriate, I, Still I rise and I come back again and say the worst possible thing in every situation. But you know what, Paige? Yesterday I I thought I was attracted to you. And that's, you know, here's your award, Paige. Congratulations, I'm attracted to you. And she accepts that and she thinks that this is like a sign from God that he is saying, you know, and this is not even the first time he said it. He has said, like, just the other day, you know, I am beginning to be physically attracted to you. Congratulations. You're America's next top dumbass page. Oh, here's we. Now I find you prayed over me and now I'm spiritually attracted to you. And now I'm physically attracted to you. He keeps acting like she is the one who needs to be working on this relationship. And that she is the one who fucked up. And that she should be grateful that he's attracted to her. No, bitch. Take a U-turn. It should absolutely be the other way around. You should be grateful that she's attracted to you. You should be grateful that she's paying you any attention. You should be hella grateful that you're getting to have sex with this woman. This woman that you told to her face that you did not find physically attractive. You should be grateful. But you know why you're not grateful? It's because she's allowing this dynamic to happen in which she somehow has to reach these rings of attractiveness to you. And she's letting you think that this is okay. It is. See, this is where I like, I, I just can't fuck with Paige anymore because she actually, we went from, I just basically told you that I'm in love with my ex that I'm having a baby with and we were considering I was considering dropping you 
But you laid hands on me and you prayed for me, and so now I'm attracted. Ugh. Kill me. Kill me. Kill me. So then she says, you know, I believe in love and the power of love. And, you know, I pray that Chris is my person for the rest of my life. And then she tells him that this could potentially be our love story. <laughs> Girl, is this the love story that you want? That you really want to look in the future and say, here's chapter one of our love story. I met your dad at first sight. He told me he wasn't attracted to me. And then I stayed. And then the next day he told me that he was having a baby. And then I stayed. And then two years, two days later, he told me that he was probably going to leave me. But, the, but I prayed for him and that he was attracted to me. And so I continued to stay. And then we lived happily ever after. Is that a story that makes sense to you, Paige? Is this the love story that you want? That you stayed with a man through every possible fucked up situation that he could have put you through in the first 72 hours? <laughs> when you had all the time in the world to leave? Because if that was my mom and Paige, if you were my mom, I would be like, girl, I should not exist. You should not have left ha let this happen. You should have left this man. Why did you stay with your dumb ass? And that's all I gotta say. I'll be back next Friday to talk about the next episode of Married at First Sight. Oh my god. I gotta lay down and put my I close my eyes. I got it happened again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Thank Chris for absolutely nothing.